Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. And that, if we're taking Tom Brady's word for it, is how it ends for the GOAT. 23 seasons, just played a full season at the age of 45, 10 Super Bowl appearances, 7 rings, 5 Super Bowl MVPs, championships with two different franchises. Can't say I'm surprised, Luke, uh, but listening to Brady's voice as he kind of fights back tears about halfway through that minute-long farewell retirement, whatever you want to call it, on his social media this morning, uh, and he lets us know he's really done this time, oof. Yeah, that just gives you all the feels, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really does, man. Um, like you said, this time he used he used the word. He said the word retiring this time. He didn't say it last time, right? So good point. Um, it's I think we all know. I think we can all tell this is really it. Everybody can, you know, keep joking and keep putting, you know, keep responding with your anchorman gift saying that you don't believe him. Um, but this is it. This is this is the end. And and again, what what a run. There's nothing you you need to say to <laughs> to to kind of encapsulate it, we've all watched it happen. Um, you couldn't really overstate anything that he's accomplished at this point. Nothing would really be uh, hyperbole at this point. Uh, but what a, what an incredible run in New England altogether, but particular to the Bucks, what he was co- able to accomplish in just three years here um, is just incredible. So yeah, as, as a football fan, as as a fan of this team for a long, long time, it's definitely uh, it's a it's a day that we always knew was coming, even when it came last year, and then he changed his mind. I think we we have always known that it was going to be a good time, even if it wasn't a long time. Um, so here we are. That, of course, is the voice of Luke Easterling. He's the managing editor of USA Today's Bucks Wire. I'm Ryan O'Leary, playing host. It's great to have you, the listener, with us as we, uh, I guess, we're kind of reflecting in real time, Luke, on what feels like, as you just said, the official finite retirement of Tom Brady. I mean, you must have put about, is it about 100 posts on Bucks Wire today, Luke? Did you say, did you save them all from last year? <laughs> Give or take. And, and Give or re- take. No, I, I, I started fresh. I didn't want to, I didn't want to cheat. So <laughs> I like that. Um, you had the answer sure to the test, some, uh, as Tom would say. Some other NFL fans from other fan bases that think that me cheating on this would be appropriate, but I don't. <laughs> I don't think that's good. So. Yeah. You, you've been working hard on Bucks Wire. There is, um, it's, it's Brady Wire. It's Brady Wire. Probably will be for a little while. Uh, and then we'll, I guess, get to the topic of what is next for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which we'll start talking about here on this show as well. But looking back at it now, three years with the Bucs, uh, Luke, it didn't look great at the end. Obviously, this was a rough year uh, for Brady and the Bucs. And, and it, you know, it was just a tractor pull all the way through. And it was rough against the Cowboys in that home playoff game. Uh, but you're coming away like super grateful for the three years that Brady was here in Tampa and you think it's it's changed the franchise for the better, right? Yeah, of course. I think, and again, go back to March of 2020 when he signed. It it meant a lot to to you know fans like me who have who have rooted for this team through a lot of really hard, really bad seasons, right? I mean, this team has the the, the worst 
winning percentage in NFL history. I mean, they went 0-26. Um, they were really bad for most of their existence. Um, and so for, for the greatest player of all time, to hit free agency for the first time and decide that's the team I'm going to go play for it. It meant a lot. It still means a lot to this, this, uh, this fan base, this community. And, and just in seeing the reaction from the Bucks fans um, all day on Wednesday, and it's all love, it's all gratitude. It's all, you know, again, even with the rough season they just had, you know, if you, if you tell a Bucks fan from like 1986 uh, or 1993, um, or 2012, you know, that, that a rough season was going to be winning the NFC South, sweeping the New Orleans Saints uh, and losing in the first round of the playoffs after going to the playoffs three times in a row and winning two straight division titles and a Super Bowl. That, that was going to be really disappointing. Um, I think they would take that. So, you know, it, it was a frustrating season, and you, you do kind of hate to see him go out the way he did and the way they lost the Cowboys game. But at the same time, I mean, he finished third in the NFL in passing yards. He set the NFL record again for completions and attempts in a season at 45 years old. And so to see him still playing at such a high level, you know, we talk all the time about records that might stand the test of time and all these things like that. There will be there will be players, there will be a Patrick Mahomes, there will be guys like that that come across and, and have stretches, right? We're talking three years, five years, seven years, maybe a decade where they're playing at such an incredibly high level. Nobody is ever going to do this for 23 years again. Okay. It's just not, nobody's going to be able to play that position that well for that long. Like we've seen Tom Brady do it. And to see him kind of not go out in the way he would want to, I'm sure everybody wants to do it with the confetti. Um, but you know, to, to see him clearly still able to play the, the game at such a high level and to still walk away. Um, I think it's very much a personal decision, very much a family decision and not a lot to do with football. Um, but yeah, just you know, from to to speak on behalf of the Bucks fan base, it's it's all gratitude. It's all being thankful for what the last three years have been. Thankful for small, th- you know, other things like the fact that that Levante David and Mike Evans have a, have a ring and have some national legitimacy that they should have always had, but they played on some really bad teams. You know, launching those guys into the the prime time lights and and getting a national recognition for so many guys on this team that were kind of languishing on those bad teams. There's so many reasons why. Tom Brady picking this team, picking these fans, picking this community for the last three years meant so much to to the to the people here. And and again, that's really the feeling that I see coming from Bucks fans today. That's that's kind of the over the overarching reaction to this. As you know, I'm a lifelong Patriots fan, Luke. Obviously, a huge Brady guy. And uh, we started this podcast literally in the summer before 2020. So it was really, really good timing. Good timing. It was a treat for me, man, to be able to talk Brady with you for three years coming off the end with the Patriots. And yeah, I mean, he he did everything he said he was going to do about 10 years ago when the Patriots had drafted this this young, you know, let's just say it, this young, hot quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. They drafted him and he's, you know, he's getting groomed to be the next guy. And Belichick's talking about. Tom's age and contract situation and how you have to be early at that position. And Brady's like, Brady says duly noted. He's like, guys, <laughs> I want to play till I'm 45 and Boston sports media just ripped him. Luke, right? Just ripped him a new one. Laughed is that no, no, he's close to the end. Brady doesn't. And he did it. And you're right, Luke. He does it in a way where, okay, he could have gone out with the confetti falling on his head in his home stadium as a Super Bowl champion and said, you know, Sayonara, just like the most badass thing ever. If he would have retired after 2020, but I right. would thank God we got the last two years because 
even at the end there, as as much as I knew they were going to lose to the Cowboys, I could not wait for that game. I was so fired up. I'm like, let's go. It's Tom Brady. It's playoffs. You just like he brought that that energy um, every week. It was awesome. It was it was freaking awesome. But man, he he did it. He played till he was 45, like he said he wanted to, and his arm isn't falling off, and it's and he physically could probably go for another year or two and be fine. You know, if he had it in him, I just find that amazing. Like. They draft Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, so it was 2014. The Patriots draft Jimmy Garoppolo. And Brady starts talking about, guys, I'm playing until I'm 45. And he kind of he kind of reminds us all, you know, what what he is. And the Patriots start winning Super Bowls again. And Garoppolo ends up getting traded at the end of his rookie deal. And it's just like, there it is. And <laughs> I just find outlasted that his rookie deal and it's forced crazy. him to trade him yeah. away. Incredible. Unbelievable. So so that's what it is. I can't help. I, I don't know. I, I, I wish he, I wish he would have retired in, in uh, hindsight after 2020, I guess. But uh, man, I'm not I'm not giving back any of the moments that he gave us. It was a pleasure watching him play all the way through. And I'm you know, I'm I'm just so grateful for uh, the, the chance to cover him with you, man. And it's going to be a lot different going forward. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I think, you know, looking at the last two seasons, the way the way the, the 21 season ended. And I think maybe he did feel some of that like, oh, man, I can't go out like that. The way that game ended and we had the comeback and all that. I know we've got more, you know, the way this I, I think season went I think you could say the same thing about the Cowboys game like oh he won't go out like that I think he learned last time I think he learned from last time that that doesn't matter maybe as much as he thought um and I think it shows that you know the 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 reason he came back and played these two years as opposed to retiring after the Super Bowl is is it really is more about playing than winning all the time and I think you know obviously that's kind of true in life as well but like it, it he loves the game. He loved playing the game and it wasn't enough for him to go out on top, quote unquote. It wasn't enough for him to, you know, now I've got another Super Bowl. Now I can win and go out the right way. He just loved playing the game. So if to him, the the sacrifice was, well, I can go out now and do it the way that looks cool, but I'll have to not play anymore <laughs> and I'm not ready to not play anymore. And I don't, I love the game too much to just walk away just so I can have that nice memory and walk away you know, at the right time or whatever, he still got the memory. We still have those awesome photos of him throwing the Lombardi trophy around. He did all that. And then he came back and still threw for another 5,000 yards or so and almost took the Bucks to another Super Bowl, even this season. And if you have any, um, if you don't mind long form journalism, if you go read Seth Wickersham's uh, column over at ESPN.com that he wrote uh, Wednesday morning about Brady, which is just fantastic as usual. I think the thing that he really hits on about this season in particular and that Cowboys game in particular is is even as bad as it was, as hard as it was to get through this season with all the high expectations and the frustrations and the way the offense played, you still had to watch because he proved at least four times this season, right? Saints, Rams, Panthers, Cardinals with those fourth quarter comebacks, the second half comebacks, the double digit comebacks, the last second touchdown passes, I mean, they were down 16 to three to the Saints with what, four minutes left, six minutes left, something like that, and hadn't scored a touchdown all night long. And they needed two. And he did it. And he did it again. And he did it again. And he did it again. So, you know, Seth said in his column that that Cowboys game, as hard as it was to watch, the fact that it was 31 to whatever, and they were down three scores for most of that game, you still couldn't turn it off. Nope. Because he might do it again. Like it literally got to, and to be fair, this is how I felt in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes, full disclosure. It was it was 31 to 9 or 28 to 9 for a good bit of that like second half and I still didn't feel comfortable until there were like 
three minutes left and it was 31 to nine. I was like, okay, I think mathematically at this point, I don't think Patrick Mahomes can score like four touchdowns in three minutes. I think they're safe, but that's, you know, I think that's what speaks to what a high level he was still playing at that even down 31 to 14 with like two minutes left in a playoff game, nobody could leave the building. Nobody could turn it off because he's done it so many times before that you just had to make sure it would get to triple zero and he he hasn't done it. <laughs> like you have to be sure. And I think that speaks to to what an impact he has still had on the game right until the very end. That's what I think makes it easier to stomach the fact that yeah, yeah, he went out on a rough outing and a bad loss and a hard season, a frustrating season. But that never went away. That was never lost. Comparing it to like Peyton Manning at the end of his career, even when he won the Super Bowl in Denver and got to do it quote unquote the right way. This was a much different quarterback, a much different performance this season. And you again, you just couldn't look away. And the fact that he continued to bring that to the very end, I think is is huge. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's a great way to put it. And there have been a lot of uh, great reads um, out there. Obviously, tons of content on Bucks Wire. Uh, Nate Davis from USA Today uh, wrote kind of a winners and losers column, uh, and he put the Bucks in his losers <laughs> portion of this. And obviously, well, yeah, yeah, lost the goat. <laughs> yeah, lost the goat. So. Uh, so not exactly like hard-hitting commentary there or anything, but here's what Nate wrote. He he says, quote, even with Brady already off their payroll, their salary cap needs $55 million in haircuts over the next six weeks per over the cap. Feels like a long rebuild could be in the works for a team that only has one quarterback under contract, Kyle Trask, an unproven player drafted at the end of the second round two years ago. So I guess that's the question now, Luke, is like, What's next for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, we could sit here and reflect on Brady for hours and hours and hours. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Bucs went from grinding for a Super Bowl to now possibly entering, as Nate Davis says, a long rebuild over the next couple of years, several years, whatever. Uh, that goes contrary to what Todd Bowles tells us, right? His mindset is to reload, not rebuild. But it's very hard to reload. He, he has you, to say that. Yeah. He has to say that, right? <laughs> very hard to reload when you don't have a quarterback, right? So right. Um, in the blink of an eye, that's what's happened, right? We've gone from hunting championships to rebuilding. So that's uh, that's a quite a switch, right? That's quite a switch. And that's what comes with this Brady um, announcement. So while we're thankful for the three years we got with him and we understand the decision and we're not like, you know, ripping him for it. Now that... The flip is switched for the Bucks, and now are they starting a rebuild? In your opinion, Luke, like where are the Bucks at now? So they're they're obviously in a really interesting spot here. But one one key factor to this is the fact that Brady retired instead of going to play for someone else is huge for the salary cap implications, and that's because if Brady wasn't going to play this year, the Bucks would be on the hook for a thirty five million dollar dead cap charge, right? So that's thirty five million dollars of the salary cap that they can't spend because of how they've structured Brady's contract over the last few years. They've moved some money around, created all those void years, those dummy years on the back end of the contract to spread out the the salary cap charge so that they could save money in the short term to keep that Super Bowl window open as long as possible, knowing that eventually that bill would come due and they'd have to they'd have to deal with it. Well, that day has come. But the difference is, if Brady had gone to play for the Dolphins or the Raiders or the 49ers or any of those other teams he was never going to play for, by the way. So all you rumor mongers out there who's <laughs> just been throwing all that stuff out there, it was, it was never going to happen. You were on it, man. Um, Good job. 
wrong again, by the way. I just want to point out wrong again for the second offseason in a row. <laughs> uh, it was going to be the Bucks or nobody again. And that's what we got. So, As you said, Luke, um, good for last you. year, we got the Bucks and nobody, which was fun. We got nobody for like six weeks and then we got the Bucks again. So that was fun. Um, but again, it, it's, you know, the, the reason that matters is because if Tom Brady had gone to play for any of those other teams in free agency, the Bucks would have had to uh, absorb that entire $35 million dead cap hit this year, right now. Ugh. And again, already being 55 over the cap, that hamstrings you very much so in terms of re-signing any free agents and, and doing any sort of anything with that. So what it does is if he retires, what they can do is, and they would have to do this by basically re-signing him to a, a, an extension and moving the money around and then processing his retirement after June 1st, as far as I understand it, basically would allow them to reduce that dead cap charge to $11 million this year and carry the other 24 next year. So what that does is take that $55 million over the cap, and now all of a sudden it's about $30, $31 million over the cap. So you're a lot closer to being able to get under the cap, fewer moves you have to make, and you say, oh, well, now you're just putting it off and there's $24 million next year. Yes, but next year the Bucks have far fewer free agents to re-sign. They don't have Levante David and Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting and Aaron Stinney and Will Golston and Akeem Hicks and Julio Jones and Scotty Miller and Anthony Nelson and Mike Edwards and all these guys that they've, <laughs> get, they are going to lose this offseason if they can't re-sign them. Next offseason that list is a lot shorter. Yes, you have big extensions coming up for Tristan Wirfs and, and Antoine Winfield Jr., which will, which will happen. Um, but that's, that's really it. You know, I, Devin White is, is in that conversation as well. He'll be on his fifth year option. So they've got some big contract extensions, but not a lot of like pending. It's not a long list of pending free agents. So not to mention, we saw the salary cap go up from, I think, 208 to like 220 something this year in terms of millions next year, it's going to have a similar jump. Those TV deals are going to continue to kick in. They're going to have more salary cap space next year and less people to have to spend it on. So absorbing that 24 million of that 35 next year is going to be a lot easier than trying to take it all now. So that's that's a huge a huge win for the Bucks in this whole thing. Um, but I think what it will do is is it gives the Bucks a clear direction this offseason. Because if Tom Brady were to come back, and again, they would have had to re-sign him to a new extension, put some more void years on it, kick the can down the road a little bit more, and would have made that dead cap charge even bigger next year and the year after. And then tried to keep all of these guys that he really likes and these veteran guys that signed these big deals, especially last offseason. Some of these aging guys that are kind of try to stick around and, and, you know, hang on for one more run. Now, maybe they don't feel like compelled that they have to do that, that they, you know, since Brady's not going to be here, they don't have to feel like they have to mortgage more of the future just to make sure they they take one more stab at it. Instead, what they can do is be much more economical in their approach, which again, before Brady got here was was Jason Light, the general manager. That's his calling card, right? The Bucks constantly were great under his tenure about being smart with money, you know, moving contracts around to where it benefited the player. They've done a lot of restructures where the money has been moved up front and guaranteed and a lot of Bucks players have gotten a lot more guaranteed money from Jason Light and this front office which is great. And players, players don't forget that stuff. They, they love being taken care of in that way. So, you know, Jason light going back to his previous strategy of, Hey, let's be, let's be smart economically about this. Let's not, you know, blow a bunch of money on big time free agents. Let's be smart. I think you'll see a lot more of that where they can this year. And they'll probably make some, some more, 
difficult, uncomfortable, unpopular decisions with certain players. You think about guys that could save them some money, you know, Donovan Smith, Leonard Fournette. You know, there's some guys on the books that either may not be around or may have to take a pay cut here and there. Cameron Brait is another guy that probably won't be back. There will be some familiar faces that they will probably be more willing to move on from now because they, you know, one Band-Aid has always already been ripped off with Brady, and now they're just going to kind of continue it and say, hey, listen, this are, these are three or four other moves we probably need to make right now. But listen, I mean – most of the core of this team, especially on offense, is going to be is going to be back. So, you know, you've got some promising rookies, Kate Otten and uh, and Rashad White on that side of the ball. You got Logan Hall on defense on the defensive line. You know, they're going to have some key holes they need to they need to fill, and the draft class this year is going to be a big part of that. Um, but I think what this does do is give them a clear focus, a clear direction. Listen, we're not just hanging on to maximize Tom Brady's presence anymore. He is gone. So now this has to be about. You know, how do we stay competitive in the short term enough to, you know, show respect to the guys who are already here, who did come here to to maximize the Super Bowl window and to win a championship? We're not just going to tank. And, you know, as every, uh, but there's a bunch of Bucks fans that are already like, oh, Caleb Williams next year. Let's just get the number one pick. Let's just suck in 2023 so we can mm-hmm. get the number one pick. I yep. guarantee you there's not a soul in that locker room or in that front office that views it that way, um, especially when you look at the the. The NFC South probably isn't going to be much better than it was this year, right? I, I don't think it'll be any less winnable than it will next year. So, you know, what that means for the Bucks in terms of how aggressive they will try to be in in regards to bringing in another veteran quarterback, whether it's a Derek Carr or somebody in that range. I don't know if it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, we're talking about all this. The Bucs don't have an offensive coordinator right now. <laughs> you know, as of, as of recording here on Wednesday yes. afternoon, they do not have an offense. Um so that's going to play a big part in this because if you're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and Byron Leftwich offense, I think that's terrible. Jimmy Garoppolo and Todd Munkin's offense, if he comes from Georgia, you know, like it's going to be different. So, you know, again, it gives them a clear direction. It's going to change some of the decisions they make because I don't feel like the Bucks will be compelled to hang on to this anymore because they don't have to. They'll make some tough decisions. They'll they'll try to balance being as competitive as possible in a very winnable division in 2023 with trying to prepare themselves to get right back in it, hopefully with the right quarterback in 2024. That's how I kind of see this playing out. Yeah, I like I like uh, how you put that. I mean, the Band-Aid's off. And I think, you know, that's the silver lining in this. While this news sucked, we knew it was possible. We knew it was maybe more likely than not, right? Um, he was. He seemed very, very much like it was the end. It just felt that way, the way he left the field. After the Cowboys gave Luke, we talked about it, you know, the way he kissed his parents, waved, thanked the media. It was just like, okay, like, Tom, uh, what are you saying here? We kind of we kind of read between the lines here. Uh, we can right. now- and Like I said at the time, Ryan, I don't think his mind was made up as much as it was. I might be done. Yep. So if I end up deciding that I want to have done all the things I want to do to, you know, on my way out. And I think that's why he did that. Yep. 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 Yeah. And, you know, if you listen to our our podcast recording from a couple weeks ago folks you can you can hear luke's luke kind of talks about that a little bit more in depth and it was a great point uh but now that it is over we can move on with our lives right we can get on to we knew this was coming so now we can move on to the next phase not only the bucks but all these like the raiders and everyone's talking about brady going to the raiders and all i'm a patriots fan and over here the callers keep calling in boston sports radio ah brady's coming back you know belichick and brady they're gonna reunite it's like no they're not you know what i mean and then oh he's going to miami no he's not guys you know so it's like <laughs> it at least never happen i know at least we could just 
thank God we could be done with that thing. You know what I mean? And now I guess we can watch Tom see how he does in the in the broadcast booth. That'll be interesting. And look ahead to 2028, right? Because that's we'll be hearing him, you know, conduct a speech in Canton in 2028. That's you know, it's five years. Do they do they pull a Gretzky? Do they just put him in? Oh man. Maybe. I don't think so. I don't I think he would kind of hate that. Yeah, no, let it let him hang out in the booth for a little while. 2028, he'll put on that jacket, get there enshrined in Canton and give us the speech. And that'll be along with along with JJ Watt. Is that right? They'll do it together. Oh, you're right. Together. Oh, that'll be perfect. That'll yeah. be perfect. So there's only three spots that year. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> I already I gotta get two spoken for. But I have a feeling I have a feeling he'll be a, a first ballot, right? I feel like he's gonna be in, in 2028, Luke, right? No, I mean, maybe. Am I going out on a limb there? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I think the fact that you could break his con his career into three separate decades, and I think all three versions of him would get their own gold jacket. I think he's safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do too. So uh there's actually a post on that very topic on Bucks Wire, along with all kinds of other stuff on there. I encourage folks to jump on there, check out Luke's stuff. Uh, you've been working hard today, Luke. You know, no days, no days off, even in February for you, my friend. Uh, Tom hey, I'm, Brady, I'm retires. holding myself to the, the Tom Brady standard of excellence <laughs> of with the course. content today. I'm, I'm doing, doing my best. Of course, you always are. So, I mean, just, you know, retrospective stuff, uh, you know, you got stuff on, you know, the greatest Tampa Bay Bucks on all time where Tom Brady fits in that. All the stuff on his retirement this week. Dude, uh, is that graphic so sick? That is cool, man. That is Coley, cool. Coley Cleary. I got to shout out our graphics guy because every time I come to him, I'm like, hey, I need this type of thing. This is what I'm working on. It takes him like an hour and he comes comes through with just the amazing thing that I exactly want. I can't I can't make stuff like that happen. So. Uh, kudos to Coley for that awesome yeah. graphic. It's an amazing graphic because I'm looking at the small version of it, you know, the version that's just like on the Bucks wire before you click on it. And I can right. basically, I can recognize all of these guys pretty much. And I'm not like a diehard Bucks fan or anything, but I see Mike Allstott. I see Warren Sapp. I see, obviously I see Brady and Mike Evans. So you can like tell who the guys are. There's some cool colors involved, inclu- including some creamsicle colors in there, Luke. And then you got the palm trees. So yeah, I mean it's it's a great logo. Yeah, it's a great it's a great graphic. I should say it's literally my. Uh, I'm looking at my screen right now. It's my background now. Anytime <laughs> he makes me, because he did another one for me where it was like, I was like, can you put Tom Brady in the Lombardi next to Steven Stamkos in the Stanley Cup, please? And he's like, <laughs> say no more, buddy. And he's got like the Tampa skyline in the background. So I, Coley's the man when it comes to the graphics. Yeah, that is that is tremendous. So, uh. Folks, definitely check that out. Go to Bucks Wire. Luke's doing great stuff on there. Uh, I'll give you the final word, Luke. What else is what else is on your mind that we haven't touched on yet with in terms of Brady retiring and moving on from the NFL and now everything that's coming next for the team? You have you have anything else you want to you know, share with us? Any thoughts you want to get off your chest? Anything else you're thinking about? I mean, you know, I'll keep it I'll keep it simple. Obviously, I'm just I'm grateful. So, Tom, thanks. It was a good time. Appreciate it. Um, and for Bucks fans in general, we've been here before, guys. Okay. It's not, the sky's not falling. We've seen some really bad football. It's not going to be that bad. We've still got a lot of talent on this roster. This team's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, and honestly, I, I feel like there is going to be somewhat of a weight lifted off the shoulders of Bucks fans this coming season because part of the reason this season was so challenging to get through were because of expectations that were always unreasonable for this team. You know, I mean, from the moment Ryan Jensen went down with the injury, Stinney goes down, you know, Godwin's coming back from the torn ACL, so he's not 100% to like halfway through the season. 
all the guys that got hurt, the problems with the offense. This team was expected to win every week all the time. And I think they set such a high bar the Super Bowl year and even last year with the way they performed, went 13-4. and four. Part of the reason this season was so hard was because they were the expectations were just so high and unreasonably high. And so I think going into this season, it's just not going to be that way. And, and it's going to be a little bit of breathing room to say, okay, what's the next era of Bucks football going to look like? They're going to be some of the same faces. You know, I think Mike Evans, obviously, and, and Levante, if he's back, he's one of the free agents. But, you know, this will now bring in – it's, it's going to be a tough, a tough transition in a lot of ways. But, you know, Tristan Wirfs and, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr., you still got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. There's still so much talent on this team. It's not going to be an immediate jump back into the dark ages. That's why I kind of reject the whole immediate rebuild. You know, they're going to go for the number one pick next year. This team is not going to be that bad. And I think, honestly, depending on who they pick to be the offensive coordinator, I don't know that this team will be any worse than the team we saw this year that had a losing record and still managed to win the division. And I think this team could have the same record this year that they did last year and it would be a much easier team to watch a much you know more fun watch in terms of of what we expect because again the, ex- the expectations just aren't going to be that high so keep your heads up enjoy the fact that we had an incredible magical run uh and again just just look forward to the fact that that, that we're not just gonna the floor is not going to fall out from under this they're not going to be the worst team in the league next year i promise how about that take then tom brady retires luke and i'm already getting fired up for 2023 so that's a good job man that's, that's well done by you. That's what I'm here to do, baby. That's, that's what, what I'm here to do. <laughs> that's Luke Easterling. Again, check him out on Bucks Wire and on USA Today's Draft Wire. It's a good time to be checking out that site as well. I'm Ryan O'Leary. We'll be back with more throughout the offseason. We'll catch you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.